Hustle Plus Muzzle, that's something that Mark just came up with. This is No Pointers, and we're your hosts, Gerald, Steven, and Mark. And for this episode, we are going to talk all about Microsoft Ignite that just happened. So let's roll the intro. Before we go into the nitty gritty details of Microsoft Ignite, first I have to tell you, I did it. It's finally happened after weeks of, we've talked about it before. Um, I <laughs> I have lost like 10 pounds, I don't know, something like that, um, just by going to the barber and get a haircut because we're allowed to do that again. So you can't see it uh, because you're listening to us, but here in the studio, they, I mean, Stephen and Mark, they were just looking, wow, who is that guy yeah. coming in here? Yeah, we cannot take our eyes off you, Gerald. It's just, it's just mesmerizing. Yeah, I just, just I, wow. I had that effect before, uh, but you know, <laughs> I, I probably have to get used to it again. Um, mm. And I, I looked like Cousin It when I went in, you know, from the Adams Family with all hair. Um, but now I'm back to my usual self. So yeah, you got a face again. Looked it looked good on you. Thank oh, the thank cousin you. it thing. Because, you, yeah, because you, you couldn't see my face. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Um, let's just move on to important stuff like Microsoft Ignite. Who who? So I think the thing that immediately come up. Let's. I'll be honest. From right from the start, uh, we were talking about this. Like, hey, there is a lot of good stuff here. We should do a special. We should talk about all the details. And the first thing that also came up was like, oh, I love all the conferences and the vibe and whatever. But I just, I didn't watch a single minute. I'm just going to admit it right here uh, because it's, you know, it's just online and there's so much online and it's just so much. Um, coincidentally, I didn't have a great week this week um, work-wise and, and wanting, getting all the things done that I wanted to get done. Um, so that didn't help, but, um, here we are. We're still going to talk about it. I think, Mark, you might have gotten something from it. Yeah. So, I mean, Ignite, it's huge, right? I mean, if you go to the conference, which I have never had the honor to, but I mean, it's a ginormous conference and you said it before, online conferences, they just have a different vibe. But the great thing is with this huge Ignite thing going on in parallel, they make some really nice videos, like really nice eye candy videos. And you can select the sessions that you're interested in and you can watch them and you can even watch them later on. So they are now all online, they're all released. And so, yeah, I skimmed through a few sessions that were of interest to me and uh, I'm looking really forward to picking your brains, Stephen and Gerald, Ooh. on the content that has been released in these past couple of days. Pick oh. away, pick away. And I think uh, that's just worth it. I've I've seen Seth Juarez uh, in a couple of other um, settings as well, and he's been hosting. I think this this Ignite together with Donna Dona. I don't know how you say it, Sakar. Um, and I think they're they're a great duo for hosting these things. Uh, they're always good for a, a laugh and a little joke here and there. So um, that that always helps too. But of course, you know, it's all about the diehard technical content that's out there. And I think, um, like you said, Mark, like I, I, especially now I work at Microsoft, I really want to, you know, try and go to all these conferences if, if they're ever going to come back like in-person ones. But I think the Ignite one is, is it, this is not for the IT pros. Is this more for like, uh, oh no, is this more for like the partners, the Microsoft partners? But I, 
while I was saying that, I, I thought to myself, no, that's Inspire, right? That's that's another yeah. conference because they all have like their their own kind of target audience, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so I mean, Stephen and I, we're both still MVPs. Gerald used to be an MVP, and we were in development technologies, so we're mainly into the debt heavy stuff. Uh, we we like to go through the codes and like to show you the code samples. And Ignite, it's a bit more Azure focused. I think it's also a bit more businessy. So you got a lot more business production ready features or off the shelf products that you could use in your development practices. I mean, they they expose APIs. So we as developers, we can still use them. But it's not per se like uh, if we look at Build, which is uh, targeted very much to developers, um, Ignite is more of a, an ignition getting you somewhere, giving you the spark to to build your stuff. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that? A uh, business marketing speaky good enough? Uh, yeah, this this is you should consider a career change. This is this is really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you know, or writing cheesy segues. That's that's something you do as well. Uh, but so that's great. But this is okay. So this is more like maybe than a lightweight build conference where. It's mostly laid out in like management terms, well, a little bit more high over and with the build conference, which is going to happen in May, I think, or usually does at least. That is definitely one that I would really like to go to. Um, but there is going to be like the really more deep dive technical sessions, probably about a lot of stuff that we are going to talk about now from Ignite then as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think, I think Ignite, you got like all these nice videos. I said it before. All these nice business cases. You can see how a happy world. You know everything is running great. No, no developers. No, they might throw an exception here or there. It's uh, it's uh, some really nice content. I mean, of course, on the Azure's there was some focus on AI. So there are improvements coming along in AI, which is which is always nice. And uh, I heard that there will be a new data center in China. I don't really have anything going on right now in China, but I think it's great to hear that. Azure is expanding, but with that uh, announcement, there there was a, a tool that I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. And you can there's a tool actually on Azure, which allows you to move your web applications from one region to another. So if you started out your development in the US because it was the default setting, and suddenly you notice like, oh dear all my customers are actually in Europe, I could speed up the response time so much if I just move my entire applications over to a European data center. You can do that. And I think that's that's quite a cool tool uh, just to know that that's there. I mean, these are like the, the little nitbit things that I, I like uh, to discover when going through Ignite content. So basically, I should write a script that as the sun progresses over the earth, moves my app <laughs> along with it to serve the people that are awake at that point. Yeah, that that is definitely... I think... Uh, I don't know if it ever made it in there, but I think that was one of the things that Cosmos DB was doing, right? That you could... That it would change the the the, the, the read uh, or maybe the write um, instance uh, according to where the sun would be because that would typically be where the most people were active. Hmm. That, that sounds sounds cool. Sounds cool. And I don't I can't recall that about, but yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. I think you can just also have the thing globally available, which I know is something that Cosmos DB can do with insane auto magical synchronization going on. So oh, yeah, you have to ruin awesome. everything, Mark. 
Um, so let's just talk <laughs> about. Um, so what? What I think, uh, Stephen, we didn't really hear from you yet, but I don't think you had the time to look at much stuff from this. So you, because let's let's point out that what we did, uh, because before you think that we are just talking about things that we have no idea of. Uh, which is which is partly true, but anyway, it's typically typically true. Yeah, yeah most <laughs> exactly. episodes. Um, but what they also do with at least ignite, and I can imagine they are doing this for other conferences now too, is right after or maybe even during they release the book of news, uh, which is basically a summary. I have it here. It's fifty five pages with all the news in. You know, you can you can have this 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 review of all the things that. Uh, were announced uh, with a little bit of detail and links where you can find more. So that's pretty cool. So, um, of course, you know, we have cleared out our schedules and read the whole thing. Um, but yeah, sorry, Stephen, you, you didn't catch yes. much of the videos, I think, but we did no. read all of this. Yes, we definitely read all of this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's on my nightstand. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I read the intro and then I fell asleep. Um, mm -hmm. So, no, it's it's... It's a nice resource to have, especially if uh, you are kind of in a time pickle, I guess, uh, because it, it does have a, a nice little uh, index table of contents type thing in front, and you can just scroll through the pieces that, that actually interest you. Um, so out of the 55 pages, I can safely say I didn't read them all. Um, but there is definitely some some cool stuff happening in there, and I think... One of the things that uh, stood out to me, at least, was all the team stuff that is being done. Because, well, we're we're in a pandemic, we're stuck at home, uh, and I'm pretty sure we will be for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, so the they also are working on a lot of cool stuff in the in the team side. So different different presentation modes, uh, different um, ways how you can visualize the people that are participating in the meetings and and who to highlight at what time and all that good stuff isn't that the isn't that like the these crowd things where you can like all sit like in a classroom Do you, oh i i absolutely don't like that one um it, it looks absolutely <laughs> stupid to me at least uh i i get why people would see the novelty i guess of it um yeah but yeah I, it's not for me i would agree i would agree i tend to make silly faces to the person next to me yeah that's why people don't invite me to big meetings but if someone knows why this is actually really cool please please contact us and i'll point to zio dms are open gerald will answer you uh the whole shebang there um because i i really don't get those big audience things um it's just uh, it's just a bit strange. Yeah, yeah, and the, the things I'm I'm talking about more than that uh, classroom view, which, like I said, is kind of a novelty to me at least, uh, is that they're talking about having a dynamic view, which will be coming, um, which kind of like depending on what you're doing, like if everyone is talking or if you're sharing a screen, uh, things will be like a bit more dynamic and and help you maintain eye contact and, and stuff like that. So it's it's a bit more geared towards making the meeting experience a bit more pleasant. Um, and something similar is also available or coming for um, sharing your desktop. So PowerPoint Live, I think they call it. Um, that is something where you can basically, your, your, your notes, your slides, your chat, uh, it, it all becomes like one big live kind of view. Um, and you can personalize that by by moving pieces back and forth. So that that way, 
it's not how Teams arranges your windows, but it's how you want them to be arranged. So I guess that that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's like poor man's OBS, right? And I'm sure Gerald could tell us all about OBS. Oh man, where do, where do I begin? It's um, I'm I'm past OBS. No, so OBS is a, is a great tool, uh, but it's you know as you can expect, especially if you're going to do all these things with like having all kinds of widgets on screen. So OBS is a tool that allows you to um, record videos, or it's also very popular for. Um, um, streaming, so you know, streaming to Twitch or YouTube or wherever you want to go. Um, and whenever you're going to stream, you know, recording is one thing; it can be heavy on your machine, but you know, you can you can manage that. And whenever things go bad, then you have wasted an hour, and that's it. Uh, but if you're streaming, then you know you have thousands of fans watching you on your website, and they're cheering maybe Gerald, Gerald, because of your new beautiful hair. Who knows? Um, and you know, whenever then things start to go wrong, then your stream cuts out, and um, they're all very disappointed, unfollow you, and um, you'll be never heard of again. But no, so that's that's a tool um, that is that's pretty cool where you can create all these kinds of layouts. Um, but it can be pretty heavy on your machine. So if you're becoming a real kind of pro, like I I like to do everything right from the get-go before I even know if I'll like it or it will stick. Um, so, you know, whenever I got into streaming a little bit, I bought another desktop machine, which was years ago. And that is then my dedicated streaming machine. So that was doing all the heavy lifting. And then in between you put a piece of hardware that will share your screen from your laptop onto your streaming PC. Well, it's a it's a whole big complex setup. Um, so it's good to have a poor man's OBS that can do all these things for you. And it seems that Teams is getting a lot of inspiration from um, how the people are doing it with OBS. So if you're listening to this and thinking like, hey, I want to do this too, uh, there is also now StreamYard, which is pretty cool, which is basically not your poor man's OBS, but it's your web hosted OBS. So you just log into this website um, and it will uh, get access to your shared desktop and your camera and you can invite guests over because that's a whole different world if you want to do it with OBS, um, having a guest in there as well. Um, so, and you can do that with, with StreamYard too. But okay, going back to the original thing, um, Teams now allows you apparently to create these kinds of um, um, layouts yourself and and use that as a kind of streaming thing, OBS at least for your meeting. So that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I think the other thing um, that we also, uh, that I saw is that you have like the overlay thing then where you, not the together mode, but the thing where you have, where you mimic the, the green screen thing. Yeah, the, the background thing you mean. Yeah, where you, I think it uses the same technology as the together mode probably because it cuts out your, let's call it the silhouette um, and pastes that back on some kind of background thing. So I think um, it's it's kind of like a software Matic green screen. Um, so typically if you use green screen, you have to have a actually green screen behind you. Um, and then you can, you know, because it's so green, you can just remove that color. And as long as you're not wearing anything green, um, it will just remove the background and then you can 
paste yourself over whatever background you might have. Uh, but now with all the AI stuff that's going on, it can actually recognize you as a person. Uh, like I said, that's probably what they're doing with the together mode as well. Uh, but now what you can also do is have a layout where you can paste yourself over your PowerPoint slides or probably some other background, I don't know. Um, so you can be in the picture while you're actually presenting your slides. Um, so that's a little bit more like um, the in-person mode. That would be a good name, in-person mode. They should call it that. Satya called. Yeah. yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds really cool. I actually didn't get that one with the cream mode screen. Um, but yeah, so so another one that I got with, and that's I think quite boring, is the shared channels. So I'm often working externally for a company, and shared channels will allow them to open up channels to external um, people that are not inside of their organization, and that you then can use those channels together. So I think that's that's something cool. And um, it's not as fancy as a green screen. I give you that. But if you are in the need of this, it's so cool that they now have this baked into Teams. I think it's a private preview, but it's coming soon. And another thing that I still have to check out is Viva. I know that used to be a music TV channel back in the days. but <laughs> Isn't it that, that, that soccer game? Yeah, but this is not different letters. Different ah, letters. with a V and not a F. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard about it too. I've actually I've actually checked uh, because I was this at it, it's probably repeated at Ignite, but I think it was announced a little bit before this, and I checked out a video about it, and I still have no clue what it is. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Check it. Yeah. Out. So check it out. It's going to be cool. Hit me up in a DM and explain to me what it is. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, since we're on the the productivity tools, um, I've I've seen some things about Outlook. Uh, some things are happening there. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that should be coming to Outlook soon, or it is coming now. I I don't know quite when. They got a new view layout, so it's called the board view, and it and it looks a bit like a calendar with a to do list and a Kanban board all mixed together. So. I'm really digging this from the short demos that I saw, and I I really want to try this out and see how how well this actually works. Um, because I I like to be, oh, I like to think of myself as an organized person that has many lists and many calendars and everything synchronizes together, and you got one view of it, and no longer I have to open up the to do and the outlooks and then have it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. And another thing that uh, should be coming along for Outlook is the suggest times. Am I right, Stephen? Yeah, suggested times. I think those are very handy for people also who work in multiple time zones because time mm. zones are quite the quite the challenge, aren't they, Mark? Quite the pickle, one could say. Quite the pickle, one could say. Um, so what it basically does is it uses AI to suggest when people are um, available for meetings. So this uh, this makes it very easy to to plan meetings with multiple people, especially if you have a lot of people um, that need to attend. I personally don't like the big meetings with a lot of people, but it uh, I can see where that can be quite a planning pickle. Um, so the suggested times could probably help fix some of that problem. Yeah, so working at Microsoft now, it, it's crazy with trying to find a suitable time across time zones and 
multiple people and and whatnot. So, and I feel the tooling could really be improved there because you know Outlook, especially on macOS, I love how it looks. Uh, but I feel whenever you're planning a meeting that it looks great now in terms of styling and colors and and whatnot. But still, the 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 way the UI is composed um, is still the same way as it always was. Um, I always have to because you have this very small column which shows you like, hey, this is the block that you're trying to um, reserve a spot in. And then you have this other big block next to it and you're trying to figure out what it is, but you can't scroll that little piece. Anyone knows what I'm talking about? No. Uh, it's a big I'm, frustration. I'm just nodding. I'm just nodding here. I know no one okay. can see me, but I'm nodding away. <laughs> it's just that screen is not helpful at all. Uh, so, you know, anything that we can do in, in that area would be great. And especially now with the whole time zone stuff, I always mess it up. And I always I always end up just sending the, uh, the invite and then um, contacting the person like, hey, I have no clue what time this is for you. So let me know if this works. Um, you know, I'm, I've been trying to figure out like, Hey, where are you? What's the time then and there? And especially when it goes over, because when you do a super late meeting, but it goes over like over the day. So, you know, when it's suddenly tomorrow or yesterday, it's off. Okay. Well, enough um, about the frustration. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember trying to book meetings when I was once on vacation and I just (laughs) gave up, I just gave up at a certain point because uh, I don't know. I think also the calendar on my phone, it, it started to put the dates in at the wrong time. And when I then traveled back home, the the date, the meetings were, yeah, like just a bonker time. Uh, this, this, oh, this brings back a memory. I was in, so this is, this is totally unrelated to anything, but I was in Argentina once. Um, and um, <laughs> like I said, totally unrelated. And I was in some park. It was at the, Iguazu waterfalls, that's it. And it's all coming back to me, uh, which is, you know, the, the I think the world's most beautiful waterfalls or something. Um, and I had a ticket for some kind of tour or whatnot. And I looked at my phone at, at some point and I thought like, hey, I have time enough. It was with, with time slots. And I thought like, well, time enough. I can walk around for a little bit. So that's what I did. And then I looked at my phone again and then suddenly it was almost that time. And I was like, well, ah. Um, so I, I quickly went to some counter and I said like, whoa, this is, oh, I was actually late, I think. So I was like, oh no, I'm late. Is this, I'm still, is it still okay? Can I still join? Um, and I think they're, I'm pretty sure they will laugh again at me, uh, because it was very close to Brazil. Uh, and I, well, Brazil is, you know, kind of the same length, um, but anyway, it was very close to where the time zones were switching. So my phone thought I was moving over to the next time zone and it switched for an hour and suddenly I was <laughs> um, almost late while I wasn't. And well, big confusion. I don't know how people living near the, the time zone borders, how they do it, how how that, how that functions. Um, but anyway, back to our Ignite things, I think because I think I saw a little piece of the um, opening of the keynote uh, or I don't know what it was, but it had a lot to do with the whole mixed reality stuff, HoloLens. I think they're taking big steps there. Mixed reality with Microsoft, it's always something with HoloLens. And I think HoloLens is a really cool product. I'm sure I've already mentioned this before, but if not, just to make sure, HoloLens, super cool product. If you ever get the chance to try one on, do it. And so what they 
what they presented here is um, how you can use uh, mixed reality with Azure or how Azure can enable certain scenarios. And one thing that they showed off is this Azure mixed reality service. And the idea is that you offload the rendering to the cloud. So if you got a object that is really heavy to render, so a lot of, lot of information in there, what you can do is you can have that rendering happening on the cloud. You can then be in a meeting. So we could all three be not in the studio, but at home, I know, crazy talk, having a HoloLens on and all looking at the next incarnation of our 3D Epic logo, for example, which is so heavily polygonized that you need some server running in the cloud to render it. Yeah, it, it is very high poly when I designed it. I think I burnt my, my MacBook, basically. Yeah, that's why you are now hoping for an M1. Yes, again. <laughs> Yeah, this this kind of stuff. Even even though Hololens only tried the one, not the two, so I probably shouldn't judge because I wasn't that impressed with the one, or at least it it felt still a bit gimmicky to me. But I may just get all sorts of hate mail now. Um, Sorry, I'm just busy writing hate mail to Stephen. Yes, <laughs> no problem. Um, but I I still think it's it's pretty cool tech. Don't don't get me wrong on that uh, on that part, um, and especially all the the remote rendering. Like if you have indeed complex three D models that need a render time of hours, or maybe even like a, a small movie that would take days normally. It's it's great to offload that kind of stuff. Well, in this case, in a Hololens, obviously you're not going to wait for that to to show up on your Hololens. But um, I can definitely see why. Uh, offloading that kind of stuff elsewhere and and having your hardware be almost fully available is is pretty cool yeah and i think it's just i mean for me this uh mixed reality stuff i mean wouldn't it be just so cool if we could all have one of those i mean we all three we have got houses that from time to time need some maintenance work being done and what? i can just th- yeah i'm just just saying you know, like maybe some new pipes here and there uh but uh yeah i mean we you could have on a a HoloLens or whatever and then walk through your house and then see what is happening. Or for me, even more important, because if there's one thing I love more than anything else is going shopping for furniture, going from one furniture house to another. Nothing <laughs> will make me run away quicker than the thought of that. But with augmented reality, that's just gone. You could be sitting at home and looking at your new cupboard, sofa, table, chair, whatever, and yeah, you, you could you could resize it and do. So. I mean, that for me, that that's just so cool. No, Mark, that's now now you you can resize it. That's not how furniture works, Mark. If you yes, want to look at new yeah, furniture, no, 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 Gerald, 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 <laughs> there are online configuration tools where you can start make different things. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a new world, Gerald, out there. Oh my gosh! I I gotta check this out. I gotta check yeah. this out. I'll uh, I'll use the Hololens to sit in the virtual IKEA restaurant eating yeah. bowls. <laughs> <laughs> See? Uh, See? It's catching on. Yeah. Yes. This is going on the pile of all the other great ideas that we have during these episodes. Um, yeah. No, but there's definitely great stuff possible with this. And and just like Stephen, um, I've only tried the Hololens one, um, and I did. 
you know, I, I did some experiments with Xamarin apps and, uh, you know, do you have loads of uh, possibilities for this? But like Stephen said already, um, I was definitely impressed, but there was also a lot of stuff to be improved. Like the fuel of you, it was really like uh, looking through a letterbox, a mailbox. Um, so, so that wasn't great. So uh, I, I really should try to, to if I have the chance and see how much that improved. I feel that there's a lot of potential there, but that the technology needs to catch up and um, uh, yeah, for for it to reach the full potential. So I'm also very curious because there have been a lot of rumors uh, of Apple um, doing all kinds of stuff. Um, so, you know, they, they tend to take it a step further sometimes. So I'm really curious what they uh, would come up with. Uh, while talking about this, I think we missed the most important thing um, with the HoloLens and the augmented reality, uh, they did a proof of concept with Pokemon Go. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. That is the best. Yes. Okay. I see you're not, you're not as enthusiastic as me. Well, yeah. Like Pokemon, Pokemon Go, great stuff. Great stuff. If you could go outside. You can go outside, Mark. You just yeah, can't go in a very public space. But I think it was all based on like cell tower data and all the really busy spaces was where all the really cool stuff would happen. So yeah, that's kind of, I see the problem. Maybe there's a COVID edition now, but yeah. <laughs> you go. Covamon? Yeah, Covidmon. Oh, see, there's there's another new idea, right? Another great idea. Yeah. No. License yeah. the IP yeah. now. Okay, well, talking, well. Talking about Pokemon Go and mobile development, uh, what we missed I just saw, on a side note, a new version of Visual Studio being released. That was cool. I think that was like the the most devy like thing or dev information like thing that was released. Uh, a ton of C plus plus stuff got in there. Uh, I think also some features uh, in the XAML space was in there. But uh, moving on to more Ignite stuff, the Azure Communication Services was released and. That caught my eye. I, I would still have to check it out more in detail, but the gist is Azure Communication Service into, allows you to integrate video and audio and even some chat into third-party applications. And it's based on Teams as far as I read or saw uh, in the in the short time that I invested into it. So that, that sounds interesting. I mean, we already set out once to builds the new follow-up of WhatsApp, which will be totally private, or maybe not, because we'll maybe have some security leaks in it. But but using a tool like this, I mean, you could integrate chats, video, and all the cool things into an app if you needed it. That sounds pretty cool, actually. And I, I think it also, it allowed you to, to interact with bots and other services. And yeah. it was like, it was a like one big web of communications that you get set up it's all the things all the things, all, all the things communicate together yeah it's i haven't uh, i haven't seen a specific use for it in my in my lifetime but i see where this uh, could definitely help out especially now in in a time of of everyone being on communication tools basically i mean we live our lives there almost at this point yeah i've seen some people doing some stuff with this already um 
And I, I haven't really checked out the APIs, but it uh, probably is, you know, easy to use. Um, I can imagine that it can be quite expensive because, you know, you might be streaming a good amount of data and maybe some processing through there. But I don't know. I, I haven't really um, checked it. Of course, the Azure stuff also has often a free tier. So uh, we should check it out and do an episode on that. That will be very cool. But yeah, it would be definitely... Um, nice to to try uh, experimenting with that a little bit and also integrating that in um, a mobile app or something or with Xamarin. Uh, I don't know if there's libraries for it already, but um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I think there is the .NET library available. And since Xamarin is basically .NET, um, it looks promising. Uh, I, th- I got a few businessy apps in mind, like some shop floor apps uh, for line workers where you build an app specifically for them so that they uh, have a easier day uh, progressing through tasks. And it, I mean, you could, inter- if it's integrated into Teams, that means uh, the the office and the, uh, the other people in the company, they probably are sitting in front of a computer or they have Teams installed. And instead of hopping out of the app, you could just integrate this. This is like the the hopes that I have for it. But yeah, pricing is always interesting. And uh, especially in the industrial field, uh, if it's if it costs, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it always has a bit of a heavier stand than if it would just be there to be integrated into their uh, apps. Another thing, if we're talking about ShopFloor and the things is uh, IoT is quite close to there. And I've seen some updates on Azure IoT. So there, there's some improvements coming along for updating devices. That's always nice. And there is this new thing. I think it's new. It's Azure Percept. And what that allows you to do is on the edge, so on-premise usually, the, what I think this is, is you can uh, integrate with audio and video streams and you can integrate it with Azure AI. So you could do some cool edge devices integrating semi ai and uh yeah there there are many demo videos out there if you google for it uh what can be done with uh ai technologies based on azure or whatnot uh to improve or to automate certain uh facilities like with audio you can detect if an engine is running uh, smoothly or if it needs some maintenance and all things like that uh, without actually having to send a person there or without having to retrofit some engines with sensors that are not in place so yeah that's definitely something i'll be checking out uh, and reading more up on in the near future and there's even a development kit so who knows maybe i can get my boss excited in this hmm. And uh, yeah, I can get another hobby. Hi, Mark's boss. This is real cool technology. You should get Mark a software <laughs> development kit. Awesome. Um, yeah. So anything else? So one of the things uh, that, that is also maybe quite interesting is that if you are used to using AWS single sign-on, um, which is a, a Amazon service, that can now be integrated into Azure Active Directory. So you basically can single sign-on through AWS um, into an Azure AD kind of environment. So that, that sounds pretty pretty cool because that integrates basically the, the, the AWS resources and accounts into, uh, into the Azure AD. So that, that makes, makes it so that you can basically use one account to manage all of those resources in both Azure and AWS, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and on top of all the cool updates, 
uh, one thing that I've also seen is there seems to be a ton of security updates, like security here, security there. Uh, it's an ongoing even, struggle. It's an ongoing thing, it seems. And there's also a bunch of training, so be sure to check that out um, if, if you're interested in that. We'll put a link down into the show notes where you can find the book of news, uh, where you can scroll through all the content. We skimmed through it. There's still so much more, but there's only so much time within 30 to 40 minutes, which you can use. So, yeah, Gerald, I think that's a wrap, right? <laughs> uh, well, well, there's one thing I want to note because you are saying including training. And I think I saw some tweets. Um, I, will, I will try to find a link and link you to that. I think if you do some on Microsoft Learn, some learning path and you complete that, I think you can get a Microsoft certification exam for free. Um, so mm. those are pretty cool. You can get certified, mm. uh, all the things Azure nowadays, you can take all kinds of paths and routes. Um, so I think if you, if you complete some things, so you will, you will learn anyway, and, um, you can even turn that learned knowledge into a proven certificate. So that is really cool. I'll find the link, put it in the show notes as well. Um, so, you know, uh, free stuff is always good because I'm Dutch. I love free. That's how I roll. Um, and I think with all the stuff that we've mentioned right now, like Mark said, there's a lot to take in and there's a lot more. Uh, but that wraps up this episode on Ignite 2021. We've been your hosts, Gerald Schluis, Stephen Davis, and Mark Alivan. Let us know what your favorite announcement was of this Ignite version of 2021. You can send it in a DM. You can tweet at us publicly at nopunders.io. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Stay safe. And until next week on No Pointers. Mm-hmm.